A couple of weeks ago, the literacy video I made addressed the issue of diversity in reading materials and how when we teach reading to children today, we have to use a variety of different reading materials so that each individual student finds that sweet spot in what they're reading and what their interests are and what their background is. This week, there were two separate incidences that pointed in that same direction. And I wanted to share them with you because I want you to understand that a lot of the things that I advocate aren't just my personal opinions. They're supported by the things I read, the things I hear, the things I see around me. So earlier in the week, there was a spot at the end of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's The National. That's the daily news broadcast at 10 o'clock on what we call the CBC. And at the end of each uh, edition, they have a moment in which they feature something special that uh, is of general interest. And this particular section, episode, dealt with a young girl who had grown to love reading, but when she went to her school library, she could never find books that appealed to her because there was nothing that was something she could identify with. She was not white. She was not middle class. She was not from a traditional family environment. So she set about to buy books that she and others like her would enjoy. And indeed, she spent money from her own pocket to begin to expand the collection. And her uh, influence her, her um, efforts influenced others to go and do the same. And so now this library is expanding its collection to have books that deal with all kinds of backgrounds so that when she wants to choose a book or somebody younger than her now wants to choose a book, they'll find a book of interest to them. The next morning, in my inbox was a series of headlines that I get from various educational links. And one of them dealt with the fact that we should, as teachers, be spicing up our reading materials with materials that deal with things like sexual diversity, differences in family structure, ethnic background, religious background, racial backgrounds. And it even published a group of books in each of those categories. And they were actually for the earliest readers, for the little tots that we would bring into the library when I was a librarian and I would pick a book to read. So one day, the kids coming into the library might read a book by Ezra Jack Keats, 
on a snowy day, which I referred to in the last video. And the next day, they might read a folktale that came from Japan. And the day after that, about a family where the child was adopted, or an only child, or you get the idea. The most important thing is that when we pick up things as adults, we pick up things to read because they are of interest to us. We all of us, I'm sure, scan newspaper headlines. Nobody has enough time to read everything today. So when we scan headlines, we pick up things that are appealing to us for one reason or another. I need to read this because I might be asked about this. I want to read that because I'm interested in that. I love sports, so therefore I'll read the sports headlines. That kind of thing. The important thing is that if it's what we do as adults, we want to encourage those who we want to influence to be lifelong lovers of reading, to be able to find materials that they want to read, not that they're forced to read. And if you stop and think about it, the most important audience are those that struggle with learning how to read. If you struggle with learning how to read, you're going to have more trouble reading something that you can't relate to. To give you an example that I just thought of now, my father thought I needed to spend more time doing sports things. I was a reader. He thought I was a geek and needed to be encouraged to go out and do things. So he used to pester me about going to the arena to skate. He bought me a pair of skates and he thought he was done. I didn't have the dexterity in my hands and the strength in my fingers to tie up skates properly. So I never got them tied up. And so I never could stand up straight on a pair of skates, even into adulthood. Another example is that I hated, I was encouraged, sorry, I was encouraged to go to the Y to take swimming lessons. And I was forced to go by myself. And I was embarrassed about changing in the locker room with old men and middle-aged men and younger men and a little kid because we all had to swim in the nude in the old Y. And that I found difficult to deal with. So as a result, it took me half a lifetime until I discovered the love of exercising using the pool at Brock University, where, where close to where we live. And even now, I don't run off to skate. It's the same thing with learning how to read and becoming a lifelong reader. The most important thing is our ability to read. I used to tell my students that I was teaching how to teach reading. Those who read succeed. If we want to have successful students come after us, 
The best legacy is to teach them how to love reading and enjoy being able to pick up a book. Because when you can pick up a book, any book, and read enough to understand, you become more informed about the world. And you become more curious about the world because we are inevitably a curious being. All of us have curiosities. Cultivating curiosity, cultivating understanding and encouraging a love of reading begins with finding things that we want to read. So when you form your library or when you read to your class or when you read to your child at night, think about what you want them to be able to do when they're an adult and how you want them to understand the wonders of the world and how to approach them. Those who read succeed, and we all of us have different loves when it comes to reading.